rarely do we come across a streaming movie that both holds my attention and is wacky but believable and is entertaining in a way where I'm like, I can watch this again. And I think this movie triumphs so much because not only does it do all of that, but each one of the actors is giving me something new that I haven't seen from them before. And I think there's enough sweetness and oddity to this film to make it maybe not like an all-time classic, but definitely a modern classic that I can get behind maybe getting there for me. I'm not exactly sure, but I really liked this movie. So sit back and enjoy this Jenny Slate, Charlie Day, modern classic? Maybe? It's I Want You Back. Dale! One day sail. Remember they, when they did that for the Bon Marche? One day only at the Bon Marche. These pants, this shirt, these perfumes, yeah. Daylight only at the Bon Marche. Daylight only because they close it. The mall closes at night. Thanks, Raffi. Do you think Raffi is the one who popularized it first? No. Well, I mean, I know it was a song before Raffi. Yeah, it's like a really sad song about bad, bad, bad hours and wages in the banana plants. <laughs> So do they plantations? Do they pick the bananas at night then? I no, I think they stack them at night. Yeah, pick them oh. in the day, and you stack them at night, and they're done. They're like, let us go the f five, home. Five bunch, six <laughs> bunch, seven bunch. Damn. Hum. I mean, we've only heard the song ten thousand times because of Mister Raffy. Do, don't don't you feel disappointed with yourself as a dad when you're singing Baby Beluga and you're like... I should the, know these words. The mom is warm and the water's fun. Uh, Dang it. Thing. <laughs> and your daughter looks up at you like, Dad, you really should know this. You, you need to know this. Yeah, I don't get it. Can I, I ask why. you for some dadly advice? Yes. I think you're old D.A.D. Unless a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Look, you're not going to be picking a fight, Dad. Dad, Dad, Daddy-o. Oh, Jonah, shut up! Shut up? Shut up? Mom never said shut up to me. No drinking, no drugs, no kissing, no tattoos, no piercings, no ritual animal slaughters of any kind. Oh, God, I'm getting no ideas. So I've got a street. It's the sleep street is what I like to call it. Yeah. It's got potholes. It's like gravel on it. But that seems to be like the thing that gets my baby asleep when I take her on a walk. Totally. And, you know, sometimes it's when I go through the street the first time. Sometimes I need to do some walk afterwards and mm-hmm. come back through the street. But it's nine out of ten times it'll put my baby to sleep. But now I don't know. I don't now I don't know why this changed. But there is a lady on the street who owns a dog and she seems to let her dog out. No. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when I'm going on a walk. It was there at five this morning no. when I was walking, but every time I walk by, it just barks and barks and barks. And so it's the only street that's ruined in my whole neighborhood. And so what I'm asking you is, what do I do about this? Do you want me to say poison the dog? Okay. So now, okay. Back? Now, now we're now we're cooking with a little bit of arsenic. Okay. Don't. Um, yeah, I mean, you so arsenic and old lace. What's the, the dog? What's the best way to poison a dog, especially so that my daughter doesn't see? I don't want her starting off with uh, the, hold on this kind of. 
Yeah, the FBI just called us. They said, please don't post information about killing you guys dogs really on need your to, podcast. You guys really need to get your priorities straight, FBI. There's a lot you need to take care of that's not this. We are the lowest priority. I mean, can you... Uh, is it you have to have that street? That's what you're saying. It must so you, be that oh, street. So you're saying I should ruin a different street? Yeah. Okay. Now, okay. Yeah. So, what is this going to take from me, personally, a, a man who is tired a lot mm-hmm. and works a lot? But what is it going to take, energy wise and action wise, for me to ruin a street? I mean, how? What do you say? What do you mean by ruin? Okay. So it's like, it's like this used to be a pretty good street, and now. It feels like half the street's made out of dirt and gravel. The other half is, you know, asphalt. But there's like a goodly amount of puddles when it rains. Oh, so you're saying because you take your baby stroller through it now, it's like dragging a like tractor through it. You're 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 ruining it in the process. You mean a new street? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. No, what I'm asking you is what I can act like, because that's not going to work. My <laughs> my my tires don't have spikes on them. You should try. I'm saying the street that I usually am on is is like that, uh-huh. and so this new street, like, do I just once a day take like a pickaxe? Yeah. To the street, and like at night, of course, so nobody sees. Like she actually enjoys a bumpy road. Yeah, that's the only thing that really puts her to sleep. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I need this street. You need the bumpy street. I need That's this bumpy crazy. street. That's crazy. Theo so, was the complete opposite. He needed a like the smoothest artificial cement road possible so no, that he could have daughter. a gentle roll. And then and only then would he fall asleep. Once I got into the oft beaten path with the rocks and the gravel and uh-huh. he started bumping up, he, he'd wake up and he's like, Bro, I was sleeping. Oh no, it's So it's, you need the bumpy path. I need the bumpy oh, path. My but gosh. I can't have the bumpy path unless I poison that dog. <clears throat> poison so, the dog. So you think that's easier than destroying a new street? Yeah. I think there would be less effort. I can move. Find Don't a different do that street Don't somewhere do that. just kill a dog i'm kidding do not kill a dog you said it <laughs> yes yeah, wanna... <laughs> office uh, agent lady jamsy you heard it <laughs> yeah i i feel bad for you because to have a bumpy road um i know it's a rare in portland <laughs> portland <laughs> officials are like ha see if i moved to spokane hey got him pothole city well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you could artificially just like shake the stroller as you're going. She knows. She knows if I do that, if I like if I'm trying to shake it inside after she's fallen asleep, it sometimes works when Robin does it out on our porch like a mad woman where it just <laughs> she stands outside on our tiny tiny porch facing the street and just pushes a baby back and forth. <laughs> now, I'm not going to explain uh, how you should source this, and I'm not going to make any kind of inferral. This is all hypotheticals. This is more like we're writing sure, a story. But here. I'm going to make a suggestion, and okay. I'm not. I'm not going to assume where you're going to find this device. But I need you to find a device that vibrates. <laughs> any kind of device. How big is this device, and how many batteries does it take? I'm just saying, you know, maybe the size of a cucumber. Okay. And do I get a lot probably of Probably has though? three AA batteries it requires, maybe four. I don't know. I think I need a lot of these things. <laughs> but wherever, whatever they are and wherever I'll find them, I just, need a bunch. Just put that in the stroller near the bottom and oh, just let oh, it. Oh, I thought I was destroying shake. the street with them. So I was imagining dragging <laughs> oh, like no, 50 no, behind no, me. No, this, the, I mean, though the device would be used for a certain type of jackhammering. Sure. 
Not this kind. No, I'm just saying put the the device in the stroller and let it just rock. Okay, rock. Rock and roll, and that should give the kind of like motion. You know what might actually be better than a vibrator? <laughs> Is Your you words, know, not mine. Maybe, maybe um, remember when you were in the mall and you went past that toy store and it had like, you know, uh, a fuzzy cat or something in the window, but it was like electronic and yeah. it could like walk itself around? Sure. I need like 12 of those to put in the bottom of... <laughs> yes, put those. Get those uh, guys. What movie are we watching today? It's I Want You Back, which I didn't even hear this. Did, did they even do the song? They did. Yeah. I didn't notice it. They did. When? Um, and they credits did a, are... They did a credits. cover of it, I think, when they were... When our main characters were out at dinner once. Right. I remember that. I was like, this isn't a good cover. Hmm. I oh. guess I'm so used You're, to the original. It's just like... Why are you using this version? Use the original version. There's nothing wrong with yeah, the original Yeah, no version. problem. Just get some Michael Jackson music. That's not going to be expensive. I don't know. If Amazon Prime is paying for things, they can they can front the money. From from what I've seen for Amazon Prime, they're putting most of their money into the Americans and Marvelous Miss Maisel. And now, Reacher. <laughs> and Reacher. Reacher. The best show on Amazon, bar none. They are they are not putting very much mo- money into their, <laughs> their movies. Their movies, no, sir. definitely the TV shows. No, I'm trying to think if there's any other higher profile movies that they've got going on for them. Not really. They stopped. Like the Big Sick was their last big movie. Like they made you a big so? push with that. They I, haven't really. I made... haven't been paying attention very much, but um... I mean, I blame Amazon 100 that they are like, we don't want to do movies. We want to do TV shows. That's Which, what they're investing in. I mean. Honestly, there are less people that are going to pay for a weekly, monthly subscription service for a single yeah. thing than they are for something that's going to take eight to ten hours of right. time. But there is something to be said that the Oscars this year, the competition is between Apple and Netflix and Amazon is a no-show. And so that's kind of embarrassing for Amazon just culturally, that they're not they're not French. Do you think anything. they care, though? Like, they've got Emmys. <laughs> no, they're just wiping their tears with their cash. Yeah, they're yeah. Like, oh, so sad. They're like, ooh, a, a 50? Get <laughs> oh, this off my face. Yuck. Just give me the Franklins. The Benjamins. Yes. The Benjamin Franklins. Yes. I just hadn't... I, you're so <laughs> I rich. I do not refer to them. You're by so him. rich that you call them Franklins. They're, not, they're called Mr. By their Franklin's. last names. <laughs> Can I get some Mr. Franklin? I would like this in Franklin's, please. <laughs> so, uh, why don't I tell you a story? By all means. <laughs> tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Um. Okay, so we meet... Jenny Slate's character, Emma. Emma. We meet Charlie Day's character, Peter. Can I say right off the bat, classic rom-com names. Yeah. Emma and Peter, we've yeah. seen them a million times. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming back. We meet their respective bows. We meet Gina Rodriguez as Anne. Her? Her. Um, and then Clint Eastwood's grand nephew, Scott Eastwood. <laughs> I think son. Ugh. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just owing Clint Eastwood or well, I'm just thinking him being a son? The movie is saying these guys are in their early 30s and Scott Eastwood is in his early 30s and his dad is 97 or something like that. It's like, my dad's he, not that old. He's got to be, well, yeah, but I mean, he's a movie star. You know, he's having children late in life. Sure. He's doing know? the Charlie Chaplin thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and you're right. They... They're basically, we get this kind of Harry Met Sally 
back and forth where yeah. um, we're getting their two sides of a story. Yeah. Um, and they both get broken up with. They both get super dumped. First, Jenny Slate gets dumped at brunch, which I'm going to say, it breaks our cardinal rule. Don't break up with someone Guys, at a restaurant. listen up. But at the same time, I think if you're going to break up with someone... Do it at do, brunch? Doing it at brunch. Like, if you're going to do it at a restaurant... and Because you have the whole data to process? Be, yeah, it has to be... A, let's say it has to be a meal. I don't want it first thing in the morning at breakfast. No. I want to at least have, like, gotten my coffee in me and gotten going a little bit. But I don't want it, like, smack dab, like, at 12 or 1, just because... Uh, it's like right in the middle of your day. Now, so brunch kind of might be the sweet spot if you're gonna do it at a restaurant. I'm curious. Tell me because I have no relationship history. <laughs> I need to know from the expert. Wait, let me put on my expert hat. Yeah, when you, I've, I've, I've counseled you through many breakups and breaky breakies. At least you're the breaker upper and be the broken nupt. Right. What was what would be the um the transitive verbs here? I'm a heartbreaker. Okay, let's just uh, put it so, that way. You, you're you're a heartbreaker. I mean, you've you've been there for me from times I've gotten dumped and when I have dumped. So and when I've gone to the bathroom, <laughs> and when there's just been dumps. Well, tell me, what is your strat? What has been your go-to stratagem for location for dumps? And what has the location that has been foisted upon you when you've been dumped? And have you ever thought this was not a good call on your part to do this here? Okay. Or were you like, no, this is where I would have done it too. When I've been dumped, it was always done in the best possible place. Mm-hmm. It was like, like I got dumped in the back 40 once of our college. Oh, that's a long walk home. Well, not to the dorms. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. Actually, I was living at home at the time, so that did suck. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it was like outside. I could walk with my thoughts afterwards. That right. was pretty good. I have, I have dumped somebody at a bar once. Mm. It was, it was like, but it was, it was like nine thirty, ten at night. Yeah. And it was like, did she have a good ride home? Um, she, I mean, we didn't drink really beforehand. It was like, we met up at this place. I made the decision and did it before either of us. Drank. Sure. I just wouldn't want to be marooned at a bar, you know, late at night. No, mm-hmm. she left. Okay. I sat there and drank my beer with my thoughts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, I think I, I, smartly if i was at robin you're safe don't worry <laughs> but if i was ever in the situation where i had to break up with someone again i think uh i think doing it doing it outside is honestly probably the best place to do it this is <clears throat> this is the reason why if it's like neutral ground that spot is is going to get washed over so quickly. Just don't do it in a busy area. No, no, not in a busy area. It's it maybe like a a parking lot, mm-hmm. like some place where people are like, I don't want to spend time here anyway. So it's fine that this has gotten poisoned for me. <laughs> so I proposed in a outdoor area, in a parking lot. <laughs> but <clears throat> we were at Gasworks Park in Seattle, and that's where I proposed. So when she said no, was it nice for you to? <laughs> I'm just wondering if there's some kind of rule that says, like, a good place to break up with someone might also double as a good place to propose to someone. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Because I like the privacy of an outdoor area, if that makes sense, that oh, I don't yeah. want it to be super, like, well, in the midst of people. It's not people. private necessarily, but there's room to breathe, right, is what you're exactly. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you um, want space for all that love. Which was which was the opposite of mine, <laughs> where I was like, let's stuff as many people into a small confined space as possible mm. and then do a proposal. But I knew but all that of was them, your guys' so was style. Yeah. You, you but, gotta know what she wants. But in this genre, you're right. You bring up an interesting point. We see both proposals and mm, yeah. breakups happen so often at restaurants. Yeah. Have you ever in real life witnessed either of those happen in a restaurant only on instagram but you've never witnessed it in real life right i haven't i've seen lots of fights in restaurants i've seen lots of people making out i've seen Mm. you know i don't i don't think i don't like the proposals and i'm sorry if you've done this i'm probably gonna call you out specifically (laughs) i don't like the proposals that are just generically public i like them when they're like what you did where it's like intentional where it's like there's going to be people... a lot of these people are proposing on accident. <laughs> no, but these people are aud- intentionally audience to this proposal. I haven't really been caught in a situation where I'm forced to watch someone propose, mm. but I think it's I think it's odd a little bit. I so I got to be a the, the actually the only time I've ever witnessed one is when I was working at a restaurant and right. I was a server and we were notified about this beforehand because basically the the fiance in question was like, he came into the restaurant and he was like, Hey, I'm going to propose to my girlfriend in like an hour here. And we're coming in for a reservation. And he's like, I just decided I was going to do it tonight. Can you guys do anything special? And so we were like, uh, uh. <laughs> I guess, but it ended up being really beautiful. And so like, uh, Every proposal is beautiful, but it's just like you have to know somebody's going to say yes if you're going to propose in a crowded place. Oh, yeah. Uh, because if not, then it's like, oh, you get a two-in-one deal, a well, breakup and a, uh, a proposal. We should probably talk about the movie, but let me ask you this. Do you know anyone who has actually proposed and they weren't sure what they were gonna, their person was going to say? Yeah, I, I know actually a couple people who proposed and were sure, but oh. got denied. Oh, Oh, it's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. Um, I feel for those people, but I'm so sorry. That's even though it's the worst, best you found out then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but not the other way around. Sarah, are you trying to tell us something? What? Oh, no. Okay. You weren't saying that Ryan should have proposed. Him. Okay. Fine. Your wife's so confused. <laughs> what? Uh, but not the other way around. Just, just the, just the denial. Where. Somebody didn't propose and somebody said yes. Or they, they were surprised to get uh, rejection. Not the, like, I think she'll say yes. And it's like, I was right. I wasn't sure, but she oh, was right. Oh, no. Um, I don't really think I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen that. Okay. Anyways, what about you? Uh, no, everyone I know that has proposed was rock solid sure that they were getting a yes out That's of it. That's probably healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a it's a it's kind of a trope in these movies. Yeah. We didn't see no, we did see a proposal in this movie. We did see a proposal, um, but it was at home. Right. Interesting proposal. Right, but I think a lot of proposals we see in rom coms are like, Oh, I hope she says yes. It's like, have you not done your research on this? Well, I mean, Sandra Bullock, she had no idea if Ryan Reynolds was gonna say yes. She know? went for it. She went for it. She really went for it. So anyways Let's talk about this movie. These people get dumped. Dumped, yeah. Charlie Day gets dumped by uh, so Peter gets dumped by Anne at her her nephew's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And we get right up front that Charlie, or sorry, Peter, is like really good with kids, super nice guy, um, maybe a little bit stuck in his life. Um, sure. And that's expressed to him by Anne after she breaks up with him. Um, and and then, the reason she does it there is because she just can't handle it anymore. She just has to get it out of her system. She has to get it out of her system. And same thing with um, like uh, Noah, 
when he breaks up with Emma, he's just like his is the most graceful. He's like I've 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 kind of been Scott Eastwood, not necessarily like at a restaurant, but where somebody's like, "Oh, you're the best person." I'm like in my head, I'm like, "Oh my god, how am I going to do it now?" <laughs> but he breaks up with her, and he's just like, "You don't really have your life together," and um. That's basically how we start with the movie with two breakups. And we get this long montage intro to these people that they're spiraling. They're in a death spiral being dumped. Being dumped puts them in this like horrific depression, like comedic horrific depression. But they're not. I don't agree with They're you. not taking it well. Well, they're like crying and freaking yeah. out. And Charlie Day's what? throwing what? his glass at the getting drunk and all that. Well, okay. Freaking I see- out on his Instagram. I think, I mean, you're using all these very strong words, but I think the filmmaking in this movie is like very subtly funny. It's it doesn't seem bombastic with any of this stuff because you're you're right. Charlie Day like is drinking and then he like throws his glass, but it's not like in rage or anger. He's just like, I can't even right right now. And Jenny Slate, I wouldn't call that I wouldn't call that dry humor. I would call that pretty. I'm not I'm not saying this movie is like wild and out well no it's it's nothing like uh uh something about mary or anything like that no no no. and then jenny slate is they're they're basically finding a bunch of old stuff like charlie day finds a photo and he takes it down and jenny slate finds this old baseball and we we're getting like tries to she tries baseball Um, i wouldn't call that subtle i i don't think that's subtle humor no i i no i guess not subtle but it it doesn't also feel like it's what they're doing is silly yeah, but it's it's like the way they're they're portraying these instances aren't cartoonish. Sure, sure. Um, I did. I've, if this is like way later in the movie, but I really like um, when Jenny Slate is watching Boy Meets World. Yeah, and she's like Topanga, Topanga hubba hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> which is like, what everybody yes. thinks about Topanga. <laughs> um, but uh, they, I mean, okay, I have to say, far more than marry me, I like how they used. A very, very small but very useful use of social media at the beginning right. of this movie. That makes it. It's logical. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how we use it. Exactly, where it's like we we're getting, we're getting like pictures of their past with their significant others yeah. and connecting them to the memories that they're going through as they're dealing with the breakup. Yeah. 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 And then they find each other because they both work at the same building and they find each other because they're both crying in the stairwell. <laughs> yeah. And that's a nice meet cute. I really think it is too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nice. They, they have this conversation where they try and like befriend each other. And the acting in this is, I would say pretty great. There's some stiff parts, and this was like a stiff scene that I don't think they stuck this like iconic meet cute. But I was like, oh, okay, I can I can go along this ride of whoever hmm. the, this this friendship is. I I think uh, I'm a little bit more pleased with it than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought actually the acting in this movie was I'm gonna say pretty great, but m- most of the time I particularly loved it. <laughs> like <laughs> you I'm, say that like. I thought it was like a five out of five, but well, I don't, I well, don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to like write home to, you know, like, it's funny because you're like, it's pretty great. And where, where <laughs> and you're like, like on the opposite end. And you're like, no, no, I thought it was pretty great. Okay. I think what this is, is like for an Amazon rom-com for, so for like a, like a streaming rom-com, mm-hmm. I thought the acting was superb. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily giving any of these people 
Oscars for these media yeah. roles. Yeah. But I think, I don't think people would have played that scene necessarily better than these two. Right. Uh, I'll get into my my criticism later, but I would say the cast pretty much all across the board most of the time gets an A for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But my if I have problems with the movie, it's probably with the director. Oh, interesting. And I don't think, like, I think the movie was cast correctly, and I think these guys did a great job every day coming to work. Well, we're going to have some different opinions at the end, but let's save that for later. Yeah, but I like them. Yeah, they have their meet cute, and they're like, let's, let's, they're like, this is kind of weird, okay. And they they both try to, like, smoke. Charlie Day's like, (laughs) I I, like, this is what we're supposed to do, and they Mm -hmm. both hate it, which I love it. Um, And then immediately it jumps to them doing karaoke later that night. Okay, moratorium on cut to karaoke bar i've seen it four times literally this year okay shang chi does it Um, i haven't seen shang chi oh uh there was what other one movie came out i all four there was an but there was another movie that wasn't shang chi that also did 500 days of summer well they just go it doesn't cut to hold on let me try and think of it Maybe I'll buzz in later. Okay, that's and fair. Ryan from the future might find it. Okay, well, but get... it felt like this again. I felt like I had seen it a lot in the past few months. I don't fault the movie for that though, because you've seen it's it. It's totally elsewhere. accidental. It's yeah. like somehow all these filmmakers are like ah, I have a brilliant idea. I think this is where we start recognizing these two having chemistry as mm-hmm. people uh, and actors. They basically are just getting drunk and they're they're exercising their relationship demons by having fun yeah. with another person mm-hmm. and i love the karaoke scene it's a great karaoke i scene. remember it was and it doesn't count because it wasn't from this year it was from a couple of years ago but it was the exact same edit and they did it in brooklyn 99 they did it in an episode of brooklyn 99 oh okay yeah well a lot of the you know a lot of snl alums in here so. yeah but i it, it felt like they had seen the filmmakers saw it and just stole it from another thing and just did the same thing again. So we can't cut to karaoke anymore? Not in the exact same way. It's the like, it's the exact just everything about the idea of like, we're in a normal situation, cut to drunken karaoke scenes. Like, I get it. <laughs> and again, okay. maybe they didn't. Maybe thought that they came up with I some brilliant. I really enjoyed the scene. Felt stale to me. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Grumpy pants. So they're having a really great time and um, they start hanging out as friends for Mm -hmm. a little while. And then they come up with this crazy idea that, Hey, why doesn't, uh, Jenny slate, like basically they both find out that their ex significance are dating new people. They strangers on a train each other. Exactly. But with less killing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) thank God. (laughs) And so, and and both sides are willing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically the plan is Emma is going to try to seduce Anne's new boyfriend who is played by Manny, um, Jacinto? Jacinto? Jacinto. Basically, what's his name from The Good Place? Um, Come on, you can do this. I believe in you. um, Here, I'll give you a hint. Dope. Yeah, I know. I see it. I hear it. Jacksonville Jaguars. I know. He's a Florida guy. He's he's Florida man. He's literally the Florida man. Jason. Jason. Um, Yeah, and so she's going to seduce him, and he's like this um, (laughs) over-serious drama teacher at a school and charlie day since he's maybe doesn't have the seduction you know (laughs) qualities he's gonna befriend noah and get him to break up with his new girl jenny yeah i really liked i really like the chemistry between peter and noah maybe most of all (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean they're really good friends like he he friend seduces him at a gym because noah's all into you know 
uh, nutrition and yeah. fitness and stuff. And Charlie Day has a dad bod like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you pick up on any like vibes from Noah? Yeah. So I actually did think that it was going to take a turn where he like realized he was gay with Charlie. Yeah, with with Peter. And that was like part of why he was dumping Emma in the first place is that he was figuring things out about himself. Yeah, but he he wasn't quite there yet. Um, That would have been interesting, too. Yeah. I like where this went, but that would have been fun. It went the movie went places I knew it was going to go. And then it went other places I didn't expect. It's like, oh, okay, Mm -hmm. happy to. Yeah, this movie's long. It's an hour and 56 minutes. And it like there it allows for time to take you places that. Rom-coms take you, but, you know, it had some twists and turns in yeah. it that other rom-coms probably just don't have time for because right. they're all an hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, that basically is, takes care of the middle act is that Emma starts trying to get Anne jealous by her, like, getting uh, Logan, the theater man, to, like, pay attention to her, and it's kind of working. And there's, like, this subplot between Emma and this student, Trevor, who has a really complicated problem with his two dads, or his one dad, I'd say. Well, no, his two dads, and but they're broken up because one dad cheated on the other dad. How do you refer to specific dads when they're both dad? I've always wondered what that, how do you... As dads? I know, but when you're saying my dad, how do you like, how do you refer to them... Maybe by their names. No, I know. But like when you're saying like my dad's like, how are we hearing what you're saying? Which dad? If you're going to say my dad. You call out dad in the house. Is it just whoever's faster? Right. That's why I'm wondering. Well, I don't know. We're putting it out to the audience though. Yeah. Let us know. But yeah, the subplot basically is that he's having a really hard time. Like he's, he's like a... He's a seventh grader who's just like, ugh. He's an angsty tween. I can't care about anything. And... Jenny Slate as Emma, she she seems rather all over the place, but like in so much that she can talk to like kids who are all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so this is like step one to her realizing her dreams as a um, as basically a counselor, which is you know where she ends up. Yeah, at the end. because her her problem and that's why she's getting dumped. She has no direction in life. She doesn't have a career. She, she's lived whatever. Live in the same house since. She was like in college. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Per right. Se, but, exactly. Um, okay. So, and then on the other side of things, Charlie's just becoming better and better friends with Noah, who, you know, is dating this girl who owns a pie shop. And I'm just like, good way to go, Noah. Like get, get <laughs> yourself some pie constant shop. pie in your life. <laughs> like I'm all for that. So there's this long sub, not subplot, but long sequence where they're like, let's go clubbing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's isn't it intercut with her doing the um her doing the the oh, play the okay, little yeah. shop of horrors play. So they're doing little shop of horrors. Uh, yeah. Um, which I've I've never seen any iteration of that. Oh, I want to? You should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's basically conned her way in because she's like, oh yeah, I did it in high school, and so there's this time where some student has can't do Gets it. Gets mono or something, and she has to do at least for the rehearsal. She has to do this song, and they do this very extended song of her this performance and i thought wow you guys are going for it because i didn't know the context of the song so i didn't Uh really follow what she was deconstructing with her performance Uh because i didn't know if because she plays it very like she's kind of unstable and kind of crying throughout yeah i don't know if that's how it's usually played or i think it's it's generally played like her character is in the actual uh show is generally played a little bit more like 
quirky, cutesy, strange. Uh-huh. Um, but like, okay, have you ever seen like Les Mis on stage? Not on stage, but I have okay. seen Les Mis. So, um, I think Fantine. No, no. What's uh, Anne Hathaway's character's name? She's usually yeah. like if she if you're singing on stage, you're like belting it out, right? right? And um, it's you know operatic. It's Andrew Lloyd Webber. But um, Anne Hathaway's performance, when you can get up close and personal, it's so like oh yeah, heart wrenching. <clears throat> it's kind of like that, where that is the subtext of the scene, but it's not usually played that way. Yeah. And so if if I think if you knew that, it really brought a lot to that moment because just, you're like, she's surprisingly playing this better than I've ever seen it. Yeah, I I could see that she's playing it personally, but he Logan came up to her and is like, "Wow, it was so like different. You like did something really new to it." I was like, "Oh, is she? I, I don't know." <laughs> but but she, her song like Jenny Slate, uh-huh. wonderful performance. Yeah, it, it almost felt like an audition where she's like, "Hey, can we write this into the movie so later on I can play this on Broadway?" Yeah. Yeah, and then I guess that's I think that's intercut with, yeah, Peter and Noah going clubbing, meeting girls, and going back to the girls' place, and then <laughs> like because because Peter's like mission here is to get Noah to like cheat on his his, his new lady, Jimmy. new lady, yeah, yeah. And, Which think this through, uh-huh. if he is going to cheat on Ginny, uh-huh. is that the kind of guy that Emma wants to be with? If he would be so easily tempted by this new friend that he has, I mean, Peter, I don't, I don't think P- Peter is thinking that far ahead. It's a I, weird mission. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Of course, it's a weird mission. <laughs> they're they're both trying to break up their significance, right? And that brings a, a bigger question: is like, do we want them to succeed per se mm. at this? Uh huh. Or do we want them to fail at this weird mission that they've set up for themselves? Yeah, because so as background to all of this, basically. Peter and Emma are slowly becoming better friends with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they're they're sharing more dreams, they're just spending a lot of time together and slowly but surely you get that like Emma is a little bit more attracted to Peter than he is to her necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like she's just I love the moments where like he's talking about his dreams of yeah. like, you know, fixing, you know, elder care and Totally. And he like saves that little old lady mm-hmm. from the hooligans. Yeah. And she just like looks at him. And I think this is one of my favorite things about the way the actors were directed in this movie is that it 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 didn't felt feel like overplayed, mm-hmm. either romantically or comically. Right. Where like she sees him and she's like, you can see that she's just falling a little bit in love with him right there. Yeah. The I, I liked I liked them together. And it felt like it was two different movies competing for like the movie's attention because you had the screwball plot of these these characters trying to sabotage these relationships, mm-hmm. intercut with these moments where it's like just a nice friendship blooming, mm. and and they're like using their shared grief as the like uh, the stepping stone to a bigger relationship. Mm. See, I don't think that would necessarily make a big enough movie for me, mm-hmm. which is why I liked them combining these two things together. Yeah, but th- but you did get the sense of kind of like a dual dual storyline going. Uh no, it felt like um it felt like we were just getting uh, two characters and their relationship developing alongside of the plot of the movie. Okay. Yeah. But basically Peter and Noah go to this club and 
I, I hate club scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind this club scene. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they get with all these girls and they go home. Pete Davidson shows up and gives everybody like a, Molly. It was like a jump scare. It was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm dating Kim Kardashian now. <laughs> I still don't understand. <laughs> um, uncut jams. <laughs> everybody go watch that TikTok. Um, and then, like, there's, you're right, there's this extended sequence where, like, Charlie, like, is convinced to jump in this hot tub from a second this story teeny, window. Teeny tiny hot tub. And I thought somebody was getting hurt. Like the tension for me was like ratcheted. Right. Um, and there's this very chunky VFX shot of Pete Davidson jumping in. It was like, oh man, you guys should chew it off. You bit off way more than you could chew because it looked bad. It looked real bad. I didn't notice that at all. Oh, really? No. Oh, I, I was very like, you guys don't have the budget to pull this shot off. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to show it to me. We'll watch it afterwards. What? Because the well, one we can watch it right now when it's wanna... when it's pulled out and it's when it's um Charlie Day jumping in uh-huh. that it worked because yeah. it was in this big wide shot. But uh-huh. it's like this really ex- not. It's like a medium close up and like I mean, the camera scrub to it. Show me. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, you could the change medium, my mind about this. The, no, 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 it's okay. The medium close up where the camera pans with Pete Davidson jumping in, it looked super fake to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Robin and I didn't notice that. Um, but. Like basically, Peter, Peter gets like some gumption in him mm-hmm. and does this crazy thing, and it immediately like gives him like a little bit of, ha! I can try new things, yeah, which yeah. which is his big like insecurity since he got dumped. Which is a very relatable problem because I don't know when you're thirties, you get set in your ways, and you don't want to you don't right. want to change. What does he say that is like a reference or something that he like first notices that he's with high schoolers? Oh, well, first he noticed that the girl's putting on a sweater. Oh, it's the track and field It's like sweater. track and field. And he's like, what? what is it you do again? She's like, I'm in PR. He's like, what's that stand for? And she says something completely Not wrong. public relations. Yeah, so they find out that they were clubbing with 17-year-old girls, and he runs to rescue. And I was like, stop, they're 17. Yeah, and then who would show up but Ryan from the OC? I think we were is, just talking about the OC. I think this is God saying like, you guys have to do that next after I think, Gilmore Girls. I think we're going to have to watch the OC and I'm yeah. very excited Because in my head, I was like, I think that's the OC guy even though I've never seen it. He's gr- great and like you would think that this would turn into like a bombastic scene, mm-hmm. but it's literally just a dad showing up and being like, come on, <laughs> yeah, what is going on? <laughs> and um. Yeah, and then like this whole experience thrusts Noah back at his new girlfriend, Ginny, and he proposes to her. Yeah, so uh, Peter's plans have completely backfired. Right, and at, at this point in time, Peter's like, like you can tell that he doesn't want to ruin this for Noah. He's actually starting to like Noah as yeah. a person, and but then like you know he doubles down for Jenny because she's doubling down for him by yeah. inviting the drama teacher and Peter's ex girlfriend Anne. To a threesome. Definitely drama. This this is where the movie lost me. It was like, what? And it just went in places that I did not understand why any of the characters... I understand Logan being like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. But Anne's like, yeah. And you could tell she clearly didn't want to do it, but was like in this weird relationship chicken with Logan to prove something. It's like, why are you doing oh, this see, if you I don't want it, to do this? I thought it was she's she's wanting to like, she didn't like how Peter was so like stoic in her relationship. Mm -hmm. So she told herself she would be adventurous in her new relationship and was wanting to try new things. And so like, I mean, eventually she doesn't do it. Right. She backs out. She practically cringes at the invitation. Well, because she's not playing chicken with him. She's playing chicken with Jenny Slate. 
Right. I, I guess I, I didn't understand her motivation at all through these last scenes because because base and I didn't understand what Jenny Slate was trying to do, at least just trying to make her jealous. Well, I, I think the whole thing was like basically Peter said that she gets extremely protective and jealous. Uh-huh. And I think she was hoping that she would start a fight between them because he said yes to this. And so like the relational politics is like, you want to sleep with this person? Oh my gosh, you're actually like went through yeah. it and kissed her. I guess I don't understand why she said yes to it too. You mean Anne? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But I mean, like it, it, it just made zero sense because like you could see on her face, she doesn't want to do this, but she's saying yes anyways. And then throughout the whole thing, it's this very uncomfortable. Like, So you've never done that in a relationship. Ask for a three way. No, no, no I know. I, I mean, when somebody's like, yeah, I would love to do that. And you're like, OK, I'll do this thing. Not when it comes to something as serious as sexuality. If, well, sure. If you're uncomfortable, with, that's why. Sure, this is a comedy movie, though. I guess so. It makes sense when it's Get Him to the Greek and they're doing the three-way scene in that movie. I've never that's, seen that. It's it's a dumb movie and it's a dumb scene, but <laughs> it, it it makes con it makes sense in that context when we're in romantic comedies when we're talking about relationships and like how we relate to one another and sexuality is part of it. Uh-huh. And, like this movie's taking other romantic things seriously uh-huh. and being sincere about all that other stuff. It's like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying about Anne. Cause her character the whole time was just like, why does Charlie day want to be with her? She's just kind of a, so I, I think I'm coming at it from a different place because I know not, I'm not gonna say a lot of people, but I definitely know people who tried threesomes because their partner. Was I'm not against it on principle. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you are, but I know people who chickened out midway through. Sure. And, I, and, and I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's like I, I feel very uncomfortable having cheesecake. It's like speak up. Like you gotta, t- you gotta be, you gotta communicate. And she, this yeah, but that's why it was real to me is because she, she didn't, and then she, she did before finally. The yeah, yeah. It, it just, it felt, I felt awkward. And I, the, her character just was, and this is no fault of Gina Rodriguez. Her character just felt really unlikable throughout, and she just seemed kind of spineless. She was simultaneous spineless, but also just kind of a like pretentious bore wait why is she spineless because she just kind of goes along with this three-way idea even though she doesn't want to do it in the first place i didn't read it as spineless i just read it as she is like as she describes herself later uptight and an introvert and you know doesn't want to be adventurous but i think she like she said, she was trying to prove to herself that she could be like this actress and this artist and she was trying to live a life that she saw herself needing to live, but she kind of needed to accept who she really was. Right. And so I wasn't sure if this movie was saying we don't want to like these people in the end because we want them to end up with between Jenny Slate and Charlie Day or if we're kind of want to have our cake and eat it too, but can't. I Oh, I think because I love I think, Noah. I, I love Scott Eastwood. Sure. I, I think it was a, a I kind of don't think that this movie is playing in black and white as far as like if you should or should not necessarily like a character. Mm-hmm. I think especially with our with Ginny, Anne, Emma, Peter, Noah, and Logan, all of the quote unquote romantic interests in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is very like all these people are people. And, yeah. you know, they're not like you know, this isn't the person where you're going to be like, that's right at the end. Fuck you. You don't get to be with my main character because mm-hmm. you're, you are too boring or, you know, you're a mean Bellamy or an evil Bellamy. I think Gina Rodriguez isn't evil enough to be an evil Bellamy. No. She's just not for Charlie Day. And that's the thing is like, what am I rooting for? Like throughout this whole movie, they're trying to get something that I don't want them to have. 
Right. I know. And so they need to realize that they're actually in love with each other. Right. Which and is- that's that's why I'm asking is like, is this a like like in something like My Best Friend's Wedding where Julie Roberts sets on a mission where it's like, we want her to fail hard. Is that is that what we want? Or what are it, it just felt kind of it just felt kind of mixed because I liked the stuff between with Noah and I was like, well, I want okay. Noah to be happy, but I don't want Anne to be happy. Another movie that's that plays around with this is The Family Stone, mm-hmm. where we have these not necessarily couples, but a couple who were like, ah, we don't really want you together, but you keep trying to be together in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, they end up realizing who they should be with. Right. Right? Yeah. And I like that. I like that plot, and I think it works in this movie as well. Yeah. I guess I need more likable characters. Did you not like Peter no. and Emma? No, I I guess I just don't like Anne. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's fine. You don't have to like Anne. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I think she is the... She's that ex that, like, you want closure with, but you don't necessarily want to hang out with all the time, right? Right. And that's exactly what she ends up being in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she fulfilled her purpose then. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't like every character in every movie. Unless it's the Family Stone. (laughs) In the end, you really like all of them. That's actually a good point. (laughs) Repeat the sounding joy. So anyway, Jenny Slate doesn't go through with it because Anne breaks up with uh, Logan and she's like, I can't handle this. And then in, I think, the funniest, maybe sweetest scene in the movie, uh, Charlie Day is like going to sabotage uh, Noah and Ginny's relationship by throwing a condom somewhere in the room. <laughs> and I love how like unthought out this is where right. he's just like, do I put a real condom or just the wrapper? <laughs> and he goes in there and throws it on an otherwise clean bed and he's like, that's not going to work. Also, I can't do this. Right. And he like goes to hide. And I, I love the comedy because it's like perfect threes where he's like, I'm going to hide in the closet. Oh, this closet isn't a closet. It's just a bunch of drawers. I'm going to hide under what the bed. This? There's no under the bed. And mm-hmm. so he hides in the chest. And of course, the proposal happens in the room. And mm-hmm. I like that he like, you can see him opening up the basket. Just this, watching. this felt so Cary Grant to me. Mm-hmm. Like so, so slapstick. Yeah. And then they start having sex in the room and he's just forced to like live there. And we cut away for a little while and then we finally cut back and <laughs> and Scott Eastwood's like, ah, oh, three times. <laughs> and so you kind of get like that extra. That was layers. funny when it was four weddings and a funeral. <laughs> yeah, but Sorry, le- I don't want to rain on the parade here. He leaves like felt- right in the middle of it. No, I know. And that was funnier. Like this felt like a less funny version of the four weddings and funeral bit. I, okay, it, I don't know. Sorry, jeez. There is just a lot of turns- Heaven forbid we do another uh, scene where somebody is in the same room as people having sex. Because it just felt- there's so much room for that again, in cinema. Again, it's just there's a lot of like this felt stale and derivative again. I, I hate to be that guy. I don't mean well, I don't mean to complain like that. Hold it on. just Let's felt talk like I'd seen this before. Let's talk about that because We'll watch movies like uh, I don't know what's the uh, what's the one you really like. Just do it. I'm not no. saying you can't do the same scene. I'm just saying improve upon it. And you didn't. You did a verse version of the of the original. Well, you were so nice to that movie, uh, the Netflix movie, where it's about the two people who are working at the job. Yeah, set it up. Set it up. And that whole movie was derivative, but and it didn't really do any. I, I did that one twist when he ran to the airport. Yeah. Right. And no, I'm not saying set it up reinvents the wheel. I just thought it was a solid film. Okay. No, and but, I'm not saying this movie but, needs but to reinvent the wheel. What I'm saying is you're going hard on this one for not like, like really making it better than one of the best rom coms ever made. No, I'm just saying there's a lot of turns this movie takes, and I like the ones where I was surprised, like the whole bit with 
them finding out they're 17 year old girls great really great writing really fun and like i was laughing throughout but then there's other, these other turns so i'm like i've seen this scene i've See, seen this scene it's so I've seen odd because scene, you also like the proposal and mm-hmm. the proposal you love because it's formulaic right yeah and Almost all of those scenes we've seen in other th- films, right? Where like we're going out on the um, on the bachelorette party together, yeah. or like because they do it well. I'm saying the scenes where I've seen it before, they don't do it well. That's what I'm saying. So you, but you just said that it was a funny scene. The the ones that are the ones that are fresh, but there's there's so other you, scenes that are that there are other scenes that feel stale and feel derivative. Whereas like the bachelor party in the proposal works. Because Oscar Martinez does such a good job. Like, they just do such a good thing with it. And yeah, there's been other movies that have bachelorette parties where there's a funny stripper scene. But I just need it to be done well. And this just felt kind of stale. Because, like, I feel like there was missed opportunities in this movie. Like, I I wanted to see Charlie Day, like, in oh, close-up. And, like, okay. I wanted to see other things. And it try, felt, felt try, lazy yeah, re- to me. Rewrite this scene for me. If you're, if you're really feeling this way about it, I want to hear a rewrite of that scene. You write your first draft your heart and you rewrite with your head well that's my problem is like i was thinking that through when i was watching this i'm like i i they in four weddings and funerals funnier because Wait, well, we're, i mean i don't necessarily agree with you but but we're because we're watching hugh grant and we're hearing the couple and it's this humor of like watching him cringe at all these crazy things that the couple is doing whereas we don't even really see chart we don't even see anything happen we're just getting the after effect of it. And oh, did you not see him keep opening the box and looking out at them while this was going on? No, but during the proposal, yeah. Yeah. But but I meant like there's pre-coitus, post-coitus, but there's not a coitus scene where we see Charlie Day trying to So you're to saying us. you need to see coitus. No, you need I to w- see it going in if in I order was to enjoy the scene. If I was rewriting it, I would have had a bit of him trying to escape but not being able to escape and doing like a sl- like a, a screwball thing where the machinations of the sexiness kept keeping him from escaping and doing something okay, new with where, it but it just I'm not gonna old. say that I'm not gonna say that that wouldn't be funny as well mm-hmm. but I think that would have belabored this scene into something that we'd already seen before yeah and so, so I I liked that it was just we got the pre and the post and he was stuck there the whole time because otherwise it would have felt just like four weddings in a funeral right and that's why I'm saying maybe do a different setup altogether so but <laughs> So basically what you're saying is we can't do that scene unless it's better than Four Weddings like, and Funeral. Like I imagine us having a writing conference. You and I are working on a script, whether it's your script or my script. Uh-huh. And that's the conclusion we come to. we like, well, if we do it this way, it's going to be too much Four Weddings and Funeral. But if we do it this other way, then it's just going to feel kind of stale. I think I'd go write this scene because I really like this scene. I'd say, yeah. you go ahead and sit in your chair. Didn't I'll make a movie. Me. Sorry. That's fine. Okay. So we'll move on. Um, basically because of the whole threesome debacle Anne is like, I'm scared back into my very safe relationship with Peter. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's what happens is he's like, I can't be with you because my wife knows who you are now, Emma. Right. And so I can't be your friend. Cause that'll make things weird. Not my wife. Yes. Yeah. You know, and already girlfriend. Peter's seen the cracks of her coming back to him. And she's like, what's the word? She's not talking down to him, but, She's rewriting her own narrative. Yeah, and she didn't, their narrative. he knew that she didn't really believe in him or right. what he wanted to be. Right, because he's like, you know what? I'm thinking about going out on my own. And she's like, she almost cringes at that. And she's like, uh, don't do that because that makes him unsafe. Right. right. And so what she really realizes, is she just wants a safe life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's like, okay, I'll live with it because I've got what I wanted. And you can tell that 
like I like that scene when Charlie Day and Jenny Slate like realize they can't spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's more Charlie Day saying it and Jenny Slate just nodding along. Yeah. Because they didn't think it through. Yeah, I do like that that it's taking the screwball plot and being like, well, let's actually logic this out. In the real world. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so basically they just kind of go on with their lives where Jenny Slate is... Jenny Slate's now at that point that we see in a lot of these movies. She's she's Greta Gerwiging all yeah. over the place where she's like, you know what? I've reached another new low and I've lost something that I actually think was good, which mm-hmm. was my friendship and maybe more with uh, Peter. So I'm going to move out of my apartment. I'm going to like pursue my like new life and new career. Yeah. And so she she does that thing. Well, she she gets um, a new apartment and it looks better because it, it looks older and like, yeah, this is a classier place. Right. But like she the other house she got in college or she's just been renting it the whole time. And it's really nice. I know. And I'm like, I wish I lived in something like that during college. I know. Mine, I literally lived in a concrete room that I could only access <laughs> through Ryan's room. Luckily, there was no other way to go. Lucky luckily he was never interrupting anything ever. No. <laughs> there was I'm, there was no coitus interruptus. <laughs> it was more masturbatorious interruptus. Um, that's what I thought, actually. So, Robin, when we were watching the scene where uh, he's, like, setting up for the proposal, where Noah's setting up for mm-hmm. the proposal, and he goes into the restroom, we thought that he was, oh, yeah. he was like, going to get his nerves out and pull a, um, a uh, something uh, about yeah. Mary. And, like... But I'm glad they didn't do that because gun. that would have just been, like, something about Mary. That would have been too Farley Brothers. Yeah. That w- yeah, you're right. Yeah, we can't do anything anymore because <laughs> it's just derivative. No, you just said we can't do it. I'm, I didn't want. I wasn't the one who said it couldn't do it. You said you couldn't do it. I know. I was. I was. I was taking the thoughts in your brain and laying them before you. You like inceptioned my brain. <laughs> but they they all end up at Noah's wedding because he wants to like patch cool things up. Cool location. Cool location. Riverboat. Yeah. This reminded me a little bit of um, what's that Robert Altman movie Nashville where they yeah. they do the concert on the riverboat. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. And you are kind of stuck there. You got to hope that you like all your wedding guests. But I mean, yeah. what's a wedding? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Except this wedding. <laughs> yeah. And then truths are had and it's very lovely on the boat mm-hmm. um, and you know, it all it all comes out and yeah, Char- Charlie Day puts himself on the line because he realizes. Like, I don't think he deserved to get punched. I don't either. I like. I I think I think look, if I could rewrite any part of this movie, it would have been this scene mm-hmm. because I thought so many parts of this movie, people were kind of saying what was on their mind in a way. I mean, except for Anne when she didn't want to do the threesome, everybody kind of realistically was like, you know what, I I feel like you're trying to say this here. Mm -hmm. I feel like at this point in time, Peter's character, when like the truth all comes out and Noah is feeling betrayed, I I feel like he would have said something, even if he was going to get punched before he got punched, he would try to get out like, Hey, I, I realized how much you and Ginny like were meant for each other. And so I stopped doing what I was doing. Like, even if that doesn't forgive him and Noah doesn't forgive him right there, I feel like Peter would try to get that off of his chest because this is his new friend. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'll just say this now. My favorite aspect was their friendship. Was there? Yeah, I got that. You wanted them to be. Well, I didn't need need them to be in love, but it was like, it would have been interesting if the movie just pivoted and be like, you know, let's just worry about this friendship. (laughs) And make it about 
him redeeming himself with Noah instead of him redeeming himself with Emma. I, I'm glad they didn't go that way, but yeah. that would have been that would have been an interesting take. It would have been, yeah, it would have definitely been different. I like, I actually throughout this movie, I didn't know if they'd end up together. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was actually afraid. I was like, are you guys gonna try to do something indie? Yeah, and like, you know, uh, we're not gonna be together. It's like 500 days of mm-hmm. summer, and I really didn't want them to go like that. So I'm glad they didn't. But I do like the scene where Charlie Day and Gina Rodriguez like are sleeping in the same hotel room, but he's on the floor, yeah. and it's just like. Yeah, this isn't going to work anymore, but they both are able to be real with each other and like finally get closure, closure. in the place that they're supposed to. Totally needed that. And the he, Noah had closure with Emma too cuz they talk later and yeah. he makes he brings up a really good point. He's like, "We had nothing in common." Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, "Why did you enjoy being with me?" And that's that's something that like you it's really hard to say to somebody when you're breaking up with them because it's just it's just mean. And what it does is it takes away from so much that you've had Mm -hmm. because in that moment, the worst thing that you can possibly feel is I've just wasted my time. Mm -hmm. And if somebody like is like, and we have nothing in common, like that's just a bunch of nails. Right. Like later on that truth coming out is actually really healthy. Yeah. And it's like everything, like you would always like waver on like, I don't know if I should do it. I'm like, you know, you should do it, get it over with, rip the band aid. And one of the truths I would always bring up is like, you guys don't have much in common. Like it, it's she should be with someone that would work better. That'd be more compatible. That's it's very always true. there's so much more logic. I'm I'm very logical when it comes to these things. No, it's no, not very I, it's, helpful. It it's no, no. It it is it is. I I think it's always easy to be logical. Like I'm really logical when it comes to like other people's relationships. But mm-hmm. you know when when you're in the when midst it's of yours, it's hard to see. It's just really hard to see. It's 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 the heart. Mm-hmm. And speaking of heart, um. Like this whole rest of this weekend of people like being in the same hotel and stuff um, yeah. is spun through pretty quickly. And then, <laughs> like, how was your stay? It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then Peter and Emma get on the same plane because they're going home to Atlanta the mm-hmm. same way. But I did like seeing the plaza, which was the last place that I went in. It's the movie theater that they go cool. to in the beginning. It's the last yeah. place I went in Atlanta. Yeah. But um, they end up at the, on, this, on the plane in seats opposite each other. And there was this whole through line that connects back to that movie theater where Jenny Slate is like, you know, I, I just always thought that it would be romantic if like my person put my oxygen mask on me, if that ever happened on a plane. And I like how Charlie Day immediately makes fun of her. He's like, that's yeah, actually he's a like, terrible idea. That's really bad. <laughs> but then he chooses to do that for her when it happens. And but, that's where the movie ends. And, and they don't kiss, but they're just looking at each other with masks on. I'm sorry, but sorry that that does not work for me as an ending. Okay, what would you have done? I cannot like something and not have to have the answer no, no, for no. how it's supposed to go. No, no, I'm just saying I don't like it. I'm not it saying felt, it felt too like tied a bow on it. Okay, yeah, but I'm I'm saying like you don't have to rewrite the movie, but I'm just saying like if if you had this plot in your hands mm-hmm. and you were going to end it, would you end it with them separate or would you end it with them? I would I would say my problem is, and I feel like other rom coms do this, and it's kind of varying degree. A lot of rom-coms do this, mm-hmm. and it's a varying degrees of success, that they have something that's like a thing, and then the ending involves a callback to like, remember when we were talking about that thing? I'm going to bring that thing into here. And this is also that, what you didn't like in uh, that other rom The Adam Scott one. Uh, what was that one? Friends with Kids. Friends with Kids, thank you. Um, and Marry Me does this, where it's like, we're calling back to the sign because J-Lo's got a sign and she's uh, doing it. I didn't like it in that one. I know. 
And it's just kind of like, I want to just tell all rom-com people, whether it's Richard Curtis down to, you know, whatever Netflix. 500 Days of Summer does it. Yeah, whatever Netflix rom-com, whatever. You don't have to do callbacks. Just end it. Like, you don't have to do this cutesy thing where you're tying it all together. It's tied together because it's a story. You don't need some totem to, like, be this end-all, be-all thing because this felt, it felt forced, but not, like, really forced. It's just like, eh. So, I I hear you. I want to say I'm over here in this chair and I hear Mm -hmm. you. Um, Like, a movie I really like them doing this in is uh, Home Alone, Mm -hmm. where the end is um, them yelling at Kevin. Uh, It's his brother, what oh. did you do to my room? Yeah. Which is like kind of like at the beginning where, yeah. you know, we, we always hear Kevin. Yeah. Um, and it, it can seem silly. Mm-hmm. And I think in this genre, it happens probably more than any genre out it there. It felt like in this movie it was there because it had to be there. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's quite a circumstance to happen for the fates to put on these two. Mm-hmm. But I was so pleased as punched with the rest of the movie that I was like, this is nice. Yeah. It, it What it felt like was I got to the bottom of my Sunday and there was a cherry there. And I'm like, I just had ice cream. I don't need fruit, but I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying this is the worst in neighbor. I'm just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> like, okay. it, it didn't touch me. But I liked the characters and I liked the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was almost going to say it's too much like When Harry Met Sally, but there's so much other stuff going on. It's like, no, I can't say that. Yeah. Because it's it's got a lot of these like friendship as basis for relationship stuff. I think it, it uses it as a jumping off point, though. It flirts because, with it. Because, I mean, but but I think at this point in time, many far worse rom-coms have used yeah. the we just got broken up with, let's do something about it plot. Yeah. And so I think this does it far better than other ones that have cribbed off of when Harry met Sally's like thing. And they're definitely different enough from those personalities that Charlie Day's kind of like a Harry, but Jenny Slate is nothing like Sally. So they never uh, fall into that like dynamic. Char- I mean, Charlie Day is like the idealistic. I think he's an idealistic flower child compared compared to well, like the cynic Bukowski. But of, like of- when <laughs> their conversations though, like it's the fun thing about, the friendship because he immediately is like that's a terrible idea you shouldn't be putting the mask on someone else well, like sure. he, he he's logically yeah. yeah 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 and like i but i i do think they're it's just what we're seeing is difference between these two people yeah and that's what makes when harry met sally a good movie is that these two people are very different but they form a bond yeah and that's what we're getting here with these two as well i think yeah. that's the the good lesson to learn from that movie don't don't make another character who's cobbin carpy cobbin carbon copy of those two but make two characters that have their own unique personalities yeah Yeah. definitely so and it 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 did have enough screwball that it's like you can't you can't possibly call this when harry met sally when we have scenes like pete davidson jumping into a hot tub like (laughs) that's true this is not when harry met sally um okay i think this should throw us to trope talk Mm -hmm. oh no no actually just what did you think of the movie in general before we do that I'd say it's right give, on. Give me a give me a letter. No, give me give me out of five because you and I gave uh, "Marry Me" like around a two point five. I I would put it on the on the positive side of two and a half out of five stars. Really? Okay. That I would be like, you pass. But I'm going to forget about it. Like I'm not ever going to think twice about this movie ever again. Other than really, I know all of these actors are fan phenomenal, and I want to see Charlie Day in more rom coms, and I want to see Jenny Slate in more rom coms, and. Scott Eastwood was fine, but perfectly cast in this role. And Gina yes. Rodriguez felt yeah. kind of above 
rom com interiors. And I think she's just a phenomenal actress. Oh, see, I don't. Know I guess I just didn't like in. the character that she was paired with. I'm like, I wish you had a more a character that I liked more because she's sure. such a good actress. And then Manny is always funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love all these actors. And Ginny, we didn't really get enough of Ginny. Uh, she, yeah. she just seemed like a serious stand-up person. They made a good choice of yeah. not focusing on her. It's like, that would be too much. Just yeah. understand that she's beautiful and she has a pie shop. It's like, yeah, yeah I buy that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, so I, I feel like you and I kind of switched. Just not just go with it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, <laughs> do it. Do it. The setup. The set it up. Set it up. <laughs> I can't even get it right. <laughs> okay. So I think you and I kind of switched because uh-huh. with set it up, I felt like it was nice, but mm-hmm. I was kind of bored and I really didn't like the chemistry between the two main characters. So I think it's like a flavor profile thing where it's like when you want to go to a restaurant and you're like, let's go to this one restaurant. I'm like, I don't really like anything that's there. I know it would be good, but it's not really for me. Sure. And, and it's vice versa. I'm like, let's go to here. And you're like, eh, yeah, not. where, where I just think this is, probably out of the streaming rom-coms we watched probably the uh, for me the best for sure like by leaps and bounds uh-huh. um like above marry me or castle for christmas or marry um, me is not a streaming film is a big universal film big j-lo movie i think it's unfair to compare the two and i feel like sure. this movie felt there you know, it going from marry me to this i'm like oh man this movie's cheap <laughs> sure but i think it's a better movie yeah apples and oranges in a certain okay. in a certain sense it's hard to compare I, I think it's much fairer to compare this to set it up in terms of like okay you have enough budget to like hire lucy Liu and for me this guys. seems like i'm watching a minor league baseball team mm-hmm. and i'm like those could beat the yankees mm-hmm. that's know? how i feel about and, the actors that's how i feel about the actors and and so yeah yeah i i like this this will probably be like a once a year, maybe once every other year, kind of watch for mm, me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my chief, like I said earlier, I'll just I'll just explain what my my main problem was was just the direction and like the camera. Yeah, talk to me about that. The use of camera just felt it felt very static and stale, and it felt like I was just going from like this shot to this shot. Well, you like did just watch Mary me, so. <laughs> but medium close-up to the medium close-up of him and just the filmmaking felt really uninspired and like there was no vision to it whatsoever so i so hear what you're saying but it's so weird because usually that's like a complaint i'll bring to this genre and you'll be like why do you care about this we're watching a rom-com well it's like Uh, if you notice you notice yeah and i i feel like you like when I watched this, I was like, you know what? I love how the actors are being directed and I love the shot choices. Like they're not Nora Ephron mm-hmm. level shot choices by any means. No. But I do think it is above standard for what they, yeah. they go for. And so I, I really liked it. And I, I hear where you're coming from because I, I, I like I almost feel closer to you because I'm like, I've been where you're yeah. at. But like, like the visual style of this movie, there's some pretty shots, but then there's just a lot of A, B conversations that felt like I was watching an episode of New Girl. Oh, see, it's funny because like when they're all sitting or standing around the um, the table on the uh, on the boat, 
You and know that that's what I was saying. Of like great location, like those shots look great. No, 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 not location. Just the the edits in the shots. It sure, felt, it felt like they were like whipping to everybody's reaction. No, it, and it, it, though, it felt lively. That filmmaking felt more inspired, but for the bulk of it, when there's just conversations in a house, conversations at the school, mm. there's just a lot of like See, back and forth sitcom style way of doing filmmaking. I, I have complaints like that about a bunch of movies in this genre that we have watched on this podcast, but for this one, I thought it was just. I guess the word I would. I would use is restrained mm-hmm. in a way that I liked. And I, I'm surprised because I really was going into this one being like, all right, my expectations are low. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think we're going to have to shake hands <clears throat> and kind of agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. Which is the most amiable we've been when we disagreed. <laughs> Cause I, 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 I get, are you saying that the filmmaking choices of this, like, medium close-up, medium close-up was intentional or just it didn't bother you? No, I'm I'm saying that it's not half as boring as a lot of the other movies that we've seen yeah. in, in our podcast. But in addition to that, I thought it was... Um, I don't think it was boring. I don't think it was badly done. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel like that stale, like, okay, we're going to get coverage of this scene. We're going to get OTS, OTS, yeah. and then medium and close-up. It didn't feel like that to me. That's that's not how I saw the movie. Sarah predicted correctly that you were going to love this movie. I don't know how she does this. She watched half of it out of the corner eye, and she's like, eh, Kelly's going to love this. I'm like, what? She's like, nope, Kelly's going to love it. I'm like... We'll yeah, she before we came and recorded, she like was like, "Hey, come over here." And and as soon as I told her what I thought about it, she like raised her eyebrow. She's like, "Okay," which is the most subtle she's ever been about talking about like a movie. Because Sarah <laughs> will ruin any movie. She'll be like, "Okay, I won't, I won't tell you the plot, but let me just tell you when these two characters <laughs> get together." And it's like, "Shut up, Sarah! Shut no, up! No, uh, let's go to trope talk." And welcome back to trope talk. It's like smock talk, but with a lot less paint stains. I like it. I like it a lot. I oh, like the smock. Yeah, you like the smock? You like a wear a smock? Yeah. You like a wear a smockasin? Do you, when you were in kindergarten, did you have the button up shirt on backwards as your smock? <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Like the, the dad shirt right? on backwards. Remember those? And it was always like a, a bad kind of like tartan. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. It's hot in this room. Taking it off. Okay. Woo! Ryan it off. and I are studies in navy right now. That's all we're wearing. You're wearing, you're wearing navy boy shorts. <laughs> these, My problem. these look like you're wearing women's underwear. That's how short these shorts are. I. It's just they rode up. <laughs> Sorry. So the trope this week is, I want to call it the ah, the friend who comes to get you out of. Tr- uh, car trip. No, I'm say, this is what I'm imagining here. And I, I need you to come up with a name. You're stuck on the side of the road. Uh. You've swerved off the side of the road. It's rainy and the deer cross your path and you swerved off the road, mm-hmm. Dennis Nidri style, uh. and you're stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. Right. And you are so glad that you just met this friend who actually lives in this neighborhood and you can text them and just be like, Hey, are you home? Can you come like help me push my car out of the mud? You're asking what's that called? Yeah, what's that called? But I would call and, that and Kelly. No, no, you're yeah. the person I call when I get in trouble. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but what? Is, who is this? This this assistant, this helper, this like relationship mirror who shows you like you're stuck. You need to follow your dreams, or you need to leave this person, mm. or you need to get out of this situation. The and sage. Do this. Okay, or maybe not. 
sage per se, but they're they're fulfilling the role of what a sage does. Friend sage. Yeah. They're they're showing you the light. Okay. This is the friend sage. Yes. And and a lot of times in this genre it happens kind of like we see it here, where the scene I'm thinking about is Jenny Slate and Charlie Day are having lunch together, right? And mm-hmm. he's talking about how he's working. We didn't even talk about what she does. She is like a receptionist right now. It really yeah. doesn't matter what she does, but it's unfulfilling. And Charlie Day, is it's, it's almost a worse sin because it's not only unfulfilling to him, he knows it's unfulfilling, but he knows it's safe and he yeah. knows it's bad. Yeah. Because there's this really funny scene where they're like in a boardroom and they're trying to figure out how to save money feeding old people. Mm-hmm. And hint a chicken? Is that what <laughs> yeah. like the fake chicken's called? And Charlie Day like <laughs> storms out of the room, but mainly because his girlfriend is dating somebody else. I thought he was going to go was for because he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, and I thought he was going to be like, had to cover for his outrage because he covers for like a second. He's like, I'm just so mad at work yeah. things. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it have been great if he had to go through a whole scene of like taking this outrage in the and work? channeling it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'd like that too. Um, but so he's working at this horrible corporate monster that's killing old people, which is the yeah. opposite of his dream. It's right. basically it's a little bit like Marshall is working for Barney Stinson's yeah. office, you know, when he wants to be doing eco law. Yeah. And Jenny Slate says, so why don't you quit? Mm-hmm. Which is, it happens in almost every movie. Yeah. I say not, not every movie we've done, but like any movie where somebody's stuck in a relationship or a job or, right. you, know, you know, in the mud. 500 days of summer is the chief chief version of this right and there's a little bit of hubris to this right in any friend like yeah. i've been like this to you you were in a horrible job yeah. for a long time and i'd be like well, why don't you quit. leave like go find another job and i finally did but it and took, I, how, how long did it take you but you know what's so funny is like i'm being you, so... you mother <laughs> what <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna bring up the fact that you're now working another job no no but I, you were I was, gonna be freelance with me and it uh, makes me mad that you're not a freelance well i was gonna anymore. say i'm like i had such bravados like look at me be independent and with millions of other people part of the great resignation it was the exact same time as everyone else quitting their jobs like ah well i was kind of unique for a second <laughs> <laughs> you were unique until the news got out yeah but yes um like what what was what was keeping you from quitting Oh, everything, just the security, because I wanted to quit and be freelance, which mm-hmm. meant like, you don't know what's coming day to day. Like, you kind of know. right? And you're just like, you you will be safe. I'm like, I need that paycheck every every two weeks. It's like, it'll come. And, and I'll say that you have like a lot of background stuff in your life that Charlie Day doesn't have, like a wife and a kid and a mortgage. And, yeah. you know, maybe he has a mortgage. I don't know. But that's the, th- but make more stakes. I mean, I, I don't care about this for this character, but it's like, wouldn't it have been more... If he had a child and a wife. If he had more on the line, but he doesn't have anything on the line to to jump off. Well, I think he has his, like, I think this movie is all about, like, how you see yourself. And, Mm -hmm. like, they they saw themselves as being in a relationship with these people. And that's where, like, they were their best selves, was being in a relationship with that person. Because their whole... Their whole thought is, if I can be back with them, my life will be okay again. But right. really what they needed to learn was, actually, I need to make my life okay again so I can be with somebody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and we see this. I mean, this isn't a unique lesson to this movie. This happens all over the genre. But I think it's really an interesting thing that a lot of friends go through, which is, 
I see you from outside. I so want for your happiness. I'm so tired of you, you know, being in this place that you're unhappy. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of not being able to help you. I want to help you. I want you to be happy. Like you in my old relationship where you were like, I have heard you talk <laughs> about hating your life so much. Well, I, would, I didn't put in such terms. Every <laughs> once in a while you would, but understandably so. And oftentimes like you would come to me like, and I'd be like, Hey, how's work? And you're like, Oh, I hate working there. I'm so bored. This isn't fulfilling. I'm not making any money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a universal thing. And I'm wondering, why do we always find it in this genre? It's tough because you want to say, oh, look at this epic romance. But then simultaneously, it's like, but you don't need these people to be fulfilled. You need yourself to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And the, all these different movies run in circles, be like, yeah. And then like Joseph Gordon Levitt, like goes out for job interviews to be an architect. And, and, and that's what he's been missing this whole time. And it's like, (laughs) sure. And it's just, it's trying not to say we depend on romance to fulfill us. You, You know what I mean? Where it's like, we shouldn't have to have romance. But I, we like it. I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's all about philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think we do this to ourselves a lot, especially if we're single and dating, um, where we are so happy when somebody else confirms that we are special by loving us mm-hmm. in some way. And like when you can give that back to somebody and you find something extra special, like this is the whole reason why, you know, most stories are told is because love is a fascinating, mysterious, fulfilling thing to us humans. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the reflection that a lot of rom-coms does is it says, okay, but maybe the poisonous side of that is making your entire life about that because that's Romeo and Juliet. Right. And like a central tenet of any story you're doing is your character has to have a dramatic need. Mm-hmm. And when you're saying, oh, my need is to fall in love with this specific person, I need to make it work with this person's like, Ugh. well, and that's cathartically fulfilling in like an older style movie, like 1950s movie. It might not be smart, but you're like, God, I just love these two people falling in love. Yeah. But but like Knight's Tale, it's like he needs to triumph. Yeah. And the girl, the Shannon Sossman he doesn't need Shannon Sossaman, but there's something of a spark that it would be wrong of him to not pursue her. I think, I think what we're looking for in life and what we're also being shoveled at us in this genre and not in a, not in a bad way, but I think in an aspirational way when it's at its best is it's saying you can have your cake and eat it too, but you have to be extremely lucky and you have to try really hard. Yeah. And I I do think that that lesson is what a lot of like 90s through now rom-coms are trying to reckon with, which is like, okay, love is important. Yes, it just can't be everything because then it's poisonous. And so how do we find the balance? And that's what a lot of mediocre movies focus on this a lot because they're they're like trying to say something real but then as a movie it becomes less interesting yeah because 
I actually prefer my movies to just not worry about certain aspects of our characters' lives uh-huh. because Four Weddings and Funeral, we don't know what he does for a living. And He's a trans monster. <laughs> it doesn't matter to the plot at all. And there's a lot of movies that get distracted by like their personal aspirations. And mm-hmm. it makes sense in this context because they were dumped because of their lack of personal aspirations. Sure. And so it has to be involved mm-hmm. in the plot and that yeah. they're doing. Yeah. But there's other movies where it's they're just trying to bring that in. It's like, don't worry about it. Like, I don't know what was going on with Harry's career throughout when Harry met mm-hmm. Sally. I have no idea. But in a movie like, let's take one of our favorites, Notting Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be, like, we have to know what they do. Yeah. Because, like, it's a class movie. Yeah. Right? And so it has to be that she does this and he does something lowly. Right. right? But the, the, the resolution in the movie doesn't involve him, like, selling his bookstore like none of that stuff has anything to do with it right right. they just live their life because the the love is the most important part of it yeah and so i think from a certain point of view i feel like the trope can muddle your story it can i think it's interesting when done well though Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and like the proposal de facto has to involve it because it's part of their negotiation you're right you're right yeah i mean it doesn't really like it has no real bearing after that though. Right. Like it's 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 a contrivance. Right. And then it's not like at the end he's like like they kiss and he's like, and you're still gonna make you're, me editor, right? Right. Right. You're like it's <laughs> like legally it, it, bound. It, it, now. it just gets left behind. Yeah. Oddly, like I know you're gonna find this sacrilegious. I might like this movie as much, if not maybe a little bit more than the proposal. Uh, that's fine. I, I was terrified you were going to say uh, more than Notting Hill. No, 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 no. <laughs> no that's on an entirely other echelon. Yeah. Uh, I really like the proposal, and I think I really like this movie. This is my first time seeing it, though, so maybe I'll watch somebody jump into a uh, bathtub and be like, whoa, that, that was a lot of bad CG. Well, what's what's weird is that this movie is like an indie rom-com sometimes, and then it's like a studio rom-com at other times, and it felt kind of... Uh, not an identity crisis, but I'm like, pick a speed. Cause like the plot is kind of Hollywood old school rom-com plot mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, we've got these machinations and we're going to sabotage these people. But then it does indie things where it's like staying focused on things that it takes. An, this movie takes an extra half an hour than it needs to accomplish its story. It could have been done in 90 minutes. It could have been better. I don't know, but it could have yeah. been done. I think, I think it depends on if you enjoyed this movie you enjoyed those extra 30 minutes. Right. And if you didn't, you were like, ugh, this could have been over. Because there's like this scene between Emma and Logan way later where it's after this, uh, like this three-way gone wrong and they kind of like reconnect and it's kind of cute and it's kind of adorable. I'm like, oh, do you, should we say these characters should end together? Okay. So I have a question about that. We have these two characters, like this is basically a scene where like he runs into her at a shop and she's having like a alone dinner. Yeah. And, um, that's great. You can date yourself. Go for it. Um, but they connect and it gives her a date to go to this wedding. Yeah. Right. And she could have just shown up with him. But I think that would have been more distracting to me as a viewer because I would have been like, wait, she just abandoned him last time they saw each other. Right. So I would have had more questions. Or she just could have shown up alone and it would have been fine, too. He wouldn't have like it, but it wouldn't have made it as weird. Right, 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 right. But I, I liked the chemistry between these two, and it was like enough to justify this date that they were going on. But it, it felt, it felt kind of odd in terms of structuring because they, the movie would just kind of like 
go into these tangents. We're like, well, let's explore this for a second. I'm like, okay, hmm. I, I guess so. I, like, I, not bad, not good. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But it wouldn't have happened in a movie like Marry Me. Wouldn't Marry Me doesn't go on tangents like that. No, Marry Me gets stuck on points and just lives there for like 25 minutes where it's like, um, let's have them go on another date. Right. But like the proposal. She doesn't know how to use a blender. <laughs> the proposal, it would be as if the proposal kept going with Melanie Ackerman's character and be like, let's actually explore the chemistry between these two. And it kind of makes me realize like Mo- that must have been why those scenes oh. got cut. Is because yeah. we didn't we don't want to kind of distract from the yeah, purpose. but that's a different that's 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 that would be a um, a classic uh, love triangle at that point. Yeah. Uh, whereas this this movie feels way different just because there are there are different needs and interests within our like six main people. Yeah. 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 So I guess what I'm saying is like I respect you, but I don't know if you totally succeeded in certain certain scenes like this. This I don't also know if... might not just be your flavor. Yeah, and it's yeah. like I'm at this nice restaurant. I'm like, eh, it's not for me. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I gobbled it up. Yeah. Nom, 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 nom. We have to stop talking about this movie and talk about our Patreon. Ah! <laughs> what did I write this week? You wrote about fast talking dames. Fast talking dames. Yeah, we've been talking about screwball comedies, um, of which we've done one, mm-hmm. like old school screwball yeah, comedy. Yeah, true blue screwball true comedy. True blue, and that was uh, Marley and Me. <laughs> the movie about a girl and her tiger. <laughs> no, uh, it was bringing a, up bringing baby. A baby. Thank you. Um, it's for baby. And uh, you know, like I wanted to write about this mainly because you got me a book that was written by Lorelai Gilmore herself, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of just am fascinated with this unreality of these people who are so smart that they just talk and reference and. I mean, you know, we're that smart, but so few totally. people in the world are. And how it's it's kind of like watching a superhero movie, but of intellectualism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and and so I, I just kind of want to write about like why that fits in our genre so well, like what kind of escapism that is. And well, you know what's funny? The Gilmore Girls get physically tuckered out by very simple tasks. Yeah. And it's like, you're very energetic people. You you expend a lot you, of energy. You would think with the amount of hot air that they blow, they would have a lot of, you know, a big like, lungs. I honestly lung think it's a cardiovascular activity to have a conversation between these two. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that doesn't translate to the very real biological need for our muscles to have blood. Sure. You know, sure. rush to them and give them oxygen. Yeah. So, just, yeah. Just atrophies. <laughs> Yeah, because they mainly sit around and eat pizza. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's on the Patreon this week. You can find that at patreon.com slash romcom gents, where you can also find our bonus episodes. This month is uh, Gilmore Girls season three. We go through it. We talk about it. We're talking about Gilmore Girls a lot these days. That's what we do. And last month we had a three-way tie for all speaking of, our, of three ways. Three speaking of three ways. We had a three-way tie between our movies and Unfortunately, one of those films, uh, those what are those movies, Ryan? We've got not Fool's Gold because it lost. We've we've got <laughs> Romancing the Stone. Uh, we've got Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And unfortunately, we can't do True Lies. I, I'm really sorry to our patrons who picked that one, but unfortunately, it's not available anywhere because James Cameron is dragging his feet, Ryan. So here's what's happening. James Cameron has basically told the studio, like, I need to supervise anytime you release a movie on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. It Ugh. has to come through me Helicopter first. moms, am I right? <laughs> so luckily, Titanic just slipped right through <laughs> and we were able to watch Titanic. 
Um, but he has been doing like several years work on the abyss and he's like, ah, it's just not ready. People can't watch it yet. (laughs) And so he's also making his avatar movies. And so he's just gotten distracted and hasn't taken care of true lies, which was once on DVD, but is out of print. Tom Arnold in that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so we're going to do those two instead. And then we're going to do the lost city of D afterwards. Just the lost city. city The D is silent. (laughs) He is no more. Um, and I think we also, there's something else going on with our Patreon. This month's bonus episode. Last, ah, month, ah, that, last month was Gilmore mm-hmm. Girl season three. This month we're going to do the next, the new Pixar movie, Turning Red. Cool. Um, only on Disney Plus because Disney is dumb and they don't want to put it in theaters for whatever reason, even though they'll put Marvel movies in theaters. I don't get it. Um, Wait, Disney, they're not putting it in theaters? At all. It's what? only on Disney Plus. Oh, guys, like if there's any animated movie that I'm going to go see in theaters besides Miyazaki, it's going to be a Pixar film. I don't know what they're thinking. Literally don't understand. Especially every I mean, I here what they're probably thinking is maybe some Americans will get off their ass and get everybody vaccinated. And maybe the we can open up theaters and just make it a thing. And so they're waiting for that, but this sucks. Well, there's that's the that's the funny thing is that they're like, hey, next month go see Doctor Strange, but stay home and watch Turning Red. That's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. Maybe, maybe it's not for theaters. Maybe it's too blue for a normal Pixar audience. We'll see how it goes. You but, said it's about puberty, right? Yep. So, <laughs> growing hair in weird places. What was the weirdest thing about puberty for you? One word. Go. Hair. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to say where. <laughs> For me, it was balls. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's this month. Pixar turning red. I think next month we'll get back on the Gilmore Girls wagon, and maybe once we wrap up Gilmore Girls, the OC will be in our future. Woo, woo, woo. We're moving to the OC. Um, but this month, March movie poll is classics. Classics. We wanted to switch it up. We're doing old school black and white films. Speaking of talking fast, mm-hmm. so we've got. Philadelphia story with Cary Grant. We've got the Thin Man. With yeah, he's the only person in that movie. Only Cary Grant. We got the Thin Man with William Powell. We got My Man Godfrey with William Powell. We got The Awful Truth with uh, Cary Grant. Wait, what? What two movies with two actors that so, are the same actors? Take your poison. Whoa, Cary Grant or crazy. William Powell. We got a couple creative minds on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's basically everything with the Patreon. But I think we have a new thing we're doing right now, aren't we? Yes, a new awards category, which was introduced last week. We are now making it, bringing it into our stable of stars. I am going to ask you to reward this film the Golden Sword Award. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. Maybe we should explain yeah, what the Golden Sword yeah, is. Yeah, in case you didn't listen to our rom-com Oscars episode, what are you doing? Get but at it. It's basically what we think is what. What was the best thing? What What do we think? It's really ambiguous. It's what. It's anything whatever we you think, think deserves should, the Golden Sword. Yeah, that doesn't really fit into a Oscars category. It's just a anything random, anything that just should be highlighted, something that should just be praised. And I think we should point out that the sword is made of nine Oscars. Yes, yes, they were all smelted. We're all melted. given to Kelly throughout his By lifetime. By Elrond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I mean, this yeah, go back and listen to the episode. You'll get, You'll it. get it. Okay, let me see what was. 
my Golden Sword Award. It's so fun to say. It just rolls golden off the Sword tongue. Golden Sword Award. Okay. I think my Golden Sword Award is, I think it's going to be Jenny Slate's eyes when she slowly mm. falls in love with Charlie. Yeah. There's something about her acting where I, I'm so used to seeing her as the horrible sister on Parks and Rec mm-hmm. that I didn't quite yeah. know she had this particular tone in her, her repertoire. And I, I like what she brought to the table here. I like it. Okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give my golden sword to Manny Jacinto um, mm. because like for nothing specific per se, but just to say like he surprised me at every turn because mm. there was every scene is like, I didn't know you were capable of this because yeah. I was so I'm so used to him as Jason in the good place. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. For sure. He was so self-serious. And did you see like the, did you see the, the, the pipes nipples? On, on just, Oh my goodness. Oh my, he had like 12 abs. I know his abs had abs. Ugh. Like I'm both impressed. He looks like a 1990s version of Superman. Yeah. He looked amazing. So he definitely deserves the golden sword. Yeah, or at least totally. his man nipples deserve the golden sword this, sure. this week. Man nipples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. No, that's great. I'm so glad that we brought that. I don't think we're always going to give it to people, but I'm glad we gave it to these two. Mm-hmm. Well, it was to people for very specific reasons. Yeah, very specific nipple reasons. Um, Ryan, that brings me to the real, like, highfalutin awards of this podcast. The Rom-Com Oscars! Yes, I love it. Bring in the heat. Um, Bring in the heat, bring in the noise. I'm going to give it best all-around acting. So best cast. No. No. Best acting. Best acting as a whole. Because best cast meant, oh, you were all chosen perfectly. Mm. And that's pretty true here as well. Sure. But But you just think that each of these people pulled off their parts perfectly. Yeah. and I get you there. Anyone in this that that participated in making this movie, here's how much of a grumpy goose i've been on this i want to make it clear like all you actors i love you okay. you did such a good job i want to make sure that that's clear and any problems i have with it is because of the storytelling going on not because of the acting well should i give this back directing then <laughs> um i think i'm, I'm also going to give this an acting award and i'm going to say this movie surprised me with its casting yeah okay because Every single one of these actors I usually see in completely different roles. Mm-hmm. Scott Eastwood is usually playing an extra in a DC movie. <laughs> um, Charlie Day is usually playing Charlie from mm-hmm. um, Always so Sunny, Sunny, and he is the wild card. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Jenny Slate is also playing kind of a wackadoo person. I, I haven't, I don't know Gina Rodriguez, um, but you know Manny Jacinto is playing basically the opposite of what I know him most right. as. And so I think what I want to give this movie is best unexpected range. Yeah. Where I was not expecting any of these parts from any of these actors, and they all just went up in my books for their ability to have more range than I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Good, good, good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell me, who do you love? Who do I love? Who do you love? Who do I love? Are there any circumstances in which... Uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. 
Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, and love, and love you. I know. Gosh, I really want to say Jenny Slate, but I think I'm going Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. He is a lovable little munchkin, and he's so nice to everyone. Yeah. Jenny Slate, super, super banging hot, but I'm going to go with Charlie Day. He's just too nice for me to pass up. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm going with Jenny Slate. If- I thought you were going with Scott Eastwood. I, I, I could have <laughs> put money it down close. on it. It was close, but I know he would make me work out all the time. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Um Jenny ah, Slate. You just appreciate that body. Mm. He'd make you take off your shirt. <laughs> I love that. I'm not taking off my shirt. I like that scene. was like, I think he's coming on to him. Yeah, I thought so too. But can't two guys just be friends, Ryan? Can't they just you, be friends? You can be friends, but when one demands to get half but can't naked, you can't you just I take mean, off a shirt for your friends? <laughs> yeah. Can't you just take off a shirt for Mr. Eastwood? I mean, if Mr. Eastwood asks. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going with Jenny Slate. If only just because we could watch Boy Meets World and we would go, oh, uh, what a great, I love that scene. It just came out of nowhere. Oh, also, we didn't talk about the, like the two roommates situation. Yeah. Like I've been there so many times with roommates where it's just like, oh, it's so unpleasant. Like, I would us- not want that. Usually I love my roommates, but every once in a while I've just had roommates where it's like, we don't connect on anything. You're really different from me. Yeah. And I hear you have sex all the time. And I'm no, sure you've heard you. me have sex, but could we just not? No, thank you. So unpleasant. But yeah, I, I would just love to just hang out with Jenny Slate all the time. I yeah. think we'd have a great time. She's super she's super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that brings us to the end of our show. It is the end of our show, but it's not mm. the end of our show oh, because God. we're going to be on next week. I thought we were week. done. Nope. We okay. got Whew. Romancing the Stone Yay! next week. Get that Michael Douglas up in ya. It's going to be great. I know somebody in that movie does. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, I love you like I love giving this Golden Sword Award Mm. and saying it out loud with my mouth, my human mouth. I love you so much that I would make a Golden Sword Award. I would go to Rivendell and I would forge it in fire for you. Take me with you. I will. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on a gentleman's guide. To rom-coms. The, the description of uh, uh, Logan's Instagram where it's like, artist, director, human. <laughs> What's that like? You are a human man. That's pretty good.